You're listening to the Catholic Single and Flourishing Podcast, where I help Catholic Christian singles live their God-inspired call today while paving a path for a vocation in the future. I'm your certified professional coach, Chad Etzel. Hello, and welcome into this episode of Catholic Single and Flourishing. I'm your host, Chad Etzel, helping Catholic singles live their God-inspired purpose today, while also paving a path for your vocation in the future. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chad underscore Etzel, and on LinkedIn at Chad dash Etzel. Today, we're going to be continuing our book review series. In the past, we previously covered seven habits that are highly effective for Catholic singles, and also a vision for marriage. And specifically within that episode, we talked about Dr. Shree's book, Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love. We really cultivated this idea of what love is as self-gift and self-sacrifice, and what marriage is, and what marriage means. That gives us a destination of where to go. But in, what we're going to do today is we're going to be talking about Dr. Henry Cloud's book, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. And it's the strategy on how to get to that destination of marriage that many of us Catholic singles hope for and desire. This, I think, is actually, in my opinion, one of the most actionable books that's out there for Catholics and for Christians. Even though it was written in 2005, well before the smartphone, it is strikingly very actionable for today's day and age. Just to give you a little bit of background on Dr. Henry Cloud and why he wrote this book, he himself is a clinical psychologist, and he is a leadership trainer, and he does a lot of leadership workshops. And this book really arised because he had conversations with a lot of single women. And a lot of times they were very similar in some of the reasons of why they felt like they were not getting married. So he would go on these workshops, these leadership workshops, which were about a week long. He'd have these conversations with these single women and he would ask the questions and he would start wondering with himself of why are they not married? Here are these attractive women. And then he also knew these, these groups of attractive men. Why were they not meeting each other? So he had these conversations and asked these women in particular and the ones that he was meeting at these seminars. And they would often share, oh, well, there's just no good men out there. Or I live somewhere, you know, a small town where there's just nobody to date. Or they would say something like, well, the attractive ones, they don't really have good values. While the spiritual ones, they're boring. All right, maybe this is relatable to you. Not sure if it is or not, but I know that this could be a case where many of us singles are, are thinking that there's just, it's, it's hopeless. It's not for me. God is, has just not put this in my life. What he concluded and what he noticed is a lot of times people were citing problems that were outside of what they could control. They were pointing to external circumstances and they weren't taking ownership for their lives. He says this in the book, we participate in our external circumstances. We may not cause them, but we do control how we respond to them. And I think that that is at the heart of what this book is about in strategy, when it comes to strategy for the Catholic single life and moving towards marriage, what it's all about. That we should take intentional steps to put ourselves in position to, if we do feel called to marriage, put ourselves in positions to meet higher quality people that could turn into dates and potentially marriage one day. So for example, he uses this example. If you live in a small town, Okay, you don't necessarily choose that it is a small town, but you do have choices of how you respond to that. Maybe you could decide to move, or maybe you could decide to date online, or drive 
an hour, hour and a half to the next town over and make a rhythm to make a habit of something like that on a, on a regular basis. So ultimately it comes back to, we don't just, our, our external circumstances don't just determine our reality. We participate with them. And that's something that I've been talking about over and over. Go back to that first episode of this particular series, the Catholic Single and Flourishing series on the determining factor in living your vocation. That's, it's not our external circumstances. It's actually you in the decisions that you make. Ultimately, it's God, but we participate with him. And then in addition to that, with this, the first book review that I did on seven habits of highly effective people, it's all about taking ownership over our lives. And I don't want to drill into that too much because you can check out those previous episodes. But I found this book to just be super practical for me in my Christian dating life. Because a lot of the times when it comes to the way that Catholics or Christians speak about these things, it's very easy to over-spiritualize it. That when the time is right, God is going to bring about our future spouse. And it's just going to be abundantly clear. But that just isn't so much the case when it comes to the young adult life these days, especially as our culture becomes increasingly secular. Back when we maybe were in college, we were in an environment where we had a chance to meet more people and more people who shared our values because we had a Newman Center or we had a student center that was very supportive of our our faith lives. But in the young adult years, it's very different. We don't have that place to go hang out in and build these friendships over a long period of time. You don't have access to that same network that you did in college. So there has to be some change. There has to be some intentionality. There needs to be some actionable steps. And I think Dr. Cloud does a really good job laying out some actionable steps that can help us to move forward. One thing that he says in the fourth chapter, and this is a very hot take in Christian circles, but he says something and he says, dating is not about marriage. Whoa, that is certainly a hot take. I think we, we are trained over and over and taught in talks and classes and everything that middle school, high school, college onward, that dating is about marriage. And I would imagine that Dr. Henry Cloud would agree that there is a certain orientation of dating towards marriage. But I think the distinction is there that he would make and that I make too, that dating relationships are about discerning marriage, but the initial first dates shouldn't be too much too soon about thinking about marriage. That I shouldn't be thinking, oh, is this person going to be a perfect marriage partner for me? I think that it's very helpful to have a different perspective on the first dates. He, he gives some examples of what first dates are for. He argues that it's all about learning about other people in their interests. It's also about how do, what do I learn about myself? What are the ways that I need to change? And I think that's a very important one, which I'll talk about a little bit in the podcast here. And then I think another thing is just go have fun. Encounter your life, the things that you enjoy by encountering other people and bringing other people into that or seeing what it is that they they love as well. So these are different ways that you can approach dating and he makes an argument for that. I think the ultimate trajectory is for marriage when it comes to dating. But those first dates, we need to learn how to remove the pressure. We need to avoid the mentality that I can only go on a date if I can see myself marrying this person. That's a mentality that we should just avoid is just, hey, I'm here to, to get to know this person and see if there can be something more. And with that first date is just asking that question, can I see myself on a second date with this person? Another thing that he, he talks about is that 
in dating, there's commonly two problems that he sees. Number one is people end up in situations where they have no dates. Another situation is that they end up with the wrong dates. And he wants to address these two problems with a particular way. He, his advice is actually to log the number of eligibles that you meet on a weekly basis. Now, I know that sounds like it's very nerdy, but hear me out on this. I think that there's some wisdom in this. He gives three criteria here. Number one, they're new people that you've met. Number two, that you've had a long enough conversation for them to be interested in a date with you. And three, you have a way to follow up with them, whether that's actual contact information or through mutual friends. However, those are the three three pieces. But he says, log all those eligibles that you meet on a weekly basis. And I think there's wisdom in this as he goes on to talk about how we can see how many people we're meeting. And if we're meeting nobody, then that's probably why we're not getting dates. But then also beyond just the numbers is the reason. Why are we meeting zero or why are we meeting five this week? What was it that I did? Because then we can take that information and apply it into our lives, into the steps that we take going forward and using that or not using what our current trajectory is to help us in, in move towards marriage. I know it. when I say keep a log, it sounds like a nerdy thing, and it kind of is, but it's true that there's also a lot of insight because we can have more intentionality when we are taking a log and, and seeing what the reasons are behind all this. This is something where I, I mentioned earlier about college there's an environment there where it's a lot easier to either slide into a relationship or meet somebody. But when it comes to young adult life, when we don't have that same environment, we have to have much more intentionality when it comes to meeting people and meeting people who may have similar values that we do. Another thing that he talks about within this log is, and I'm, I'm going to say this, I want you just to be open to what I have to say here. But he says, meet five per week. This is the point when I bring this up in conversations where people absolutely lose it. They interrupt me as I'm talking and I'm just trying to unspool. This is it's a good thing that I have a podcast because I can just keep talking as you're mentally going crazy because I just said you have to meet five a week. Now, just backing up a little bit, I highly recommend and he even recommends this. Just start for the first month by logging how many new eligibles that you're, you're meeting. Oftentimes, and this was the case with me when I started doing the activity. I wasn't meeting anybody. That's because I wasn't really putting myself out there to, to try intentionally to meet new people. But then I would recommend maybe five per week in your state in life, your commitments in life is not a reasonable thing. And that's okay. But just start, perhaps, my goal this month is just to meet two new people, two new eligibles of the opposite sex. <clears throat> and then perhaps one per week. You start building that that sort of habit until you can build up to maybe two or three. That's something where I've gotten to where I've been able to average closer to two or three per week The of just having conversations. This isn't two or three dates per week. It's just two or three conversations with new members of the other sex, women for me in, in this case. And over the last year, year and a half, I've been doing this log. And the fruit of this has come where there was a stretch in early 2023, early this year, where I went on six or seven first dates within, I don't know, an eight, nine, 10 week span. So six or seven first dates. So it was really cool to see some of the momentum building. Obviously, still not married, 
but definitely feeling like I have a lot more momentum because I'm starting to create these opportunities. I'm starting to meet people, people who I haven't before, and starting to become more courageous in asking people out. And that's another point that I want to get to is it's not so much about the numbers. The numbers are very important and very helpful, and that can accelerate our momentum and our progress to moving towards marriage if we so desire. But what it does, an activity like this, is it ultimately helps us with our personal growth. It helps me become more courageous. It helps me become more outgoing. And it helps me learn about myself. It it helps me learn about how to relate to others. It helps me learn what's really holding me back. So to give you an example of that, I know of several situations within the last year, I was having a conversation with a woman thinking maybe I should ask her out. Maybe I missed my opportunity and I was walking away from situations where I was kicking myself because I didn't ask her out. And what I'm able to do despite missing that opportunity of asking her out, I can examine why I didn't, why I didn't ask her out. And that allows me to self-examine, all right, what could I do differently? And then when another situation comes up, I don't miss that opportunity because I've gone through this self-reflection and this resolution to take steps forward and not miss those opportunities in the future. I think another thing that we can do when it comes to keeping this log, we can ask these questions as, as well of why are my numbers low this week? Why did I not go to this activity that I thought I, I had scheduled? Maybe it's because I was working on my podcast or I had a bad headache and I just didn't feel like going, which are totally understandable things. But maybe it was something that was a little bit more superficial. Ah, I just didn't feel like it. And then I can examine that and push myself a little bit harder. Just to be like, okay, that Chad was not an actual legitimate reason. And one of the things that Dr. Cloud recommends is to bring it up with groups as well. And and to talk with other groups, talk to your friends in groups and discuss some of these sorts of things and have some accountability and, and friendship helping you take steps forward in this. I think another thing that it helps going, talking about personal growth here is over time, This helps me become creative in terms of approaching women or asking them out. Not in some like fantastic sort of movie rom-com sort of way, but just thinking about opportunities. What are the opportunities before me? Whether it be online, speed dating, uh, dating app or something, or just simply day-to-day life where, oh, this might actually be a good opportunity where I've known this girl for maybe not so well, but she seems interesting. And I'd like to at least... It may start long distance, but have a video conversation with her, a video date or something to, to see if there might be something there for, for moving, moving forward. So you, you begin to see creative ways. You begin to see opportunities because you invest yourself in meeting people. All right. Some final thoughts here. In this book, I only shared a couple of thoughts that Dr. Henry Cloud has, but he shares all these different stories of the people that he's coached in dating in how they've unfolded and led to very beautiful marriages. The I, I highly recommend checking out this book and reading this book because I, I think there's so many great gems in there that all of us can learn from. He's a clinical psychologist, so there's even some more therapeutic concepts that are in there that I think we can all benefit from. But reflecting on my own experience, there was a situation where one of my more recent dates because I've been doing this logging thing, because I had been looking for the opportunities, I had about 10 minutes to catch up with a friend of mine who I had thought, hey, maybe I should ask her out. And I just did. I decided to ask her out. 
and I was nervous as it was kind of building and leading up to that moment where I was going to ask her out, but it wasn't as severe as it had been, I don't know, a year ago where it was just built up in this mind, my mind of, oh shoot, am I going to get rejected and so on. I was certainly nervous. So the nerves, I don't think they really ever go away, but that was one of the easier experiences I've had because I knew, hey, I only have a short amount of time. This opportunity is not going to present itself again, and I may as well go for it. And she said yes to going out on a, a first date. So that was really awesome to, to have that opportunity to experience going, going through that in recognizing my own personal growth in, in the process. Now, this isn't magic when it comes to dating and logging your numbers. That's not magic. It's just diligence. And it's similar to, I think, about job searching. You can fill out all the applications you want on, on LinkedIn and, and on all the different job websites. But when it comes down to it, the most likely situation of landing a job is where you have the deepest connections. And if you wanted to build deep connections, you'd have to do some networking. You'd have to reach out to people, meet up with people for coffee, have phone or video conversations with people. You'd have to start with that, those sorts of networking opportunities. And that would be a way to get those deep connections to ultimately get a job. And I think in a similar way, our dating lives are, are similar, where to get those deeper connections, we have to spread out. We have to in, in establish a, a wider network to create those opportunities. And again, sure, I'm still single. I'm here with you. I'm single and not married. But I really feel like within the last year, year and a half, I've started to build much more momentum because these opportunities have materialized. I've had a higher volume of first dates. Now, I know that being single, me as this example here, has its disadvantages. I know you and many of your friends probably want to hear success stories. And I can share with you a dating not success story. It's not a failure. But that was a podcast that I did earlier on the Seek podcast. It was something like four lessons I learned by going on a date at a focus conference at Seek. So check that episode out after this one. But what I've learned over time is that we love hearing those marriage success stories of our friends or people at conferences, speakers, and so on. And they're very beautiful stories. But oftentimes we miss <clears throat> everything that led up to them being that person to get to that point where that story could happen. Giving an example here, we're all familiar with this. Thomas Edison, he said, I have not failed. I've just discovered 10,000 ways that it won't work to perfect the light bulb. So he didn't see it as failure, but he saw it as ways that it didn't work. And that was ways that built up to him really perfecting the light bulb. And now, I mean, hopefully we don't have to wait 10,000 first dates. I sure hope that's not my case. But really, the opportunities, the more first dates that we go on can help to increase the chances of moving towards something like marriage. But I look at the efforts that I put in, especially as I've gone through this book, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping and, and logging, logging these people that I've, I've met. I think about my growth in this. And I think about even if marriage doesn't work out for me, at the end of my life, turning around and seeing that and seeing that I didn't have regrets because I was following the will of God and how he was calling me to grow, his vision for me and my life and taking steps forward. I did all I could to put myself out there and I would have no regrets. That's just a very powerful place to be and a powerful place to live. And I pray to God 
a lot of the time for a future wife and pray daily for that, pray daily for her, her growth and virtue and so on. But I also know that my fulfillment isn't in her, in my relationship with her, in finding her, but it's ultimately in my relationship with God. And that's what our marriage is about, is us coming together to move towards God together and any children that we have from that union. And if I need to do that as a single person now or for the rest of my life, then I understand that. And that's God's will for me. And that's ultimately what's going to be most fulfilling. So thank you for tuning into this episode of Catholic Single and Flourishing. I want to once again encourage you to check out that book, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. I have actually created a my own version of this activity, very similar to how Dr. Cloud uses it in this book. You can check out my free ebook on overcoming the cycle of pressure and of uh, overcoming the cycle of pressure and inaction for Catholic singles. You can visit catholicsinglesolutions.com to check out that book. That'll be in the show notes. And you can also check out my coaching offerings at CSF, Catholic Single and Flourishing, csfcoaching.com. I offer either a 90-minute strategy session where you get a one-off session with me or a new signature coaching program where you get 10 sessions with me really diving into your Catholic single life and creating a vision and a strategy for you. With that, I want to once again just thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 8th Day Coaching and the Catholic Single and Flourishing Podcast. Live inspired, live God-inspired. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Catholic Single and Flourishing. If you have received value from today's show, please like, share, and leave a five-star rating. I also want to invite you to check out our coaching offerings at csfcoaching.com. That's CSF as in Catholic Single and Flourishing. And you can get your free ebook available for you to help you overcome the cycle of pressure and in action. You can also find me on social media. All links are provided in the show notes.